Hello and welcome to episode 2 of season 5 of the Three Amigos. I'm your host Mars and I'm joined as always by my amiga Kylie and my amigo PJ. Guys, how are we doing? Good, very good, thanks. Great to be back ahead of our second week. We've survived the first one. And... <laughs> uh, PJ, have you, is, is that the train that took you back to, to Sheffield and have you recovered from the from the weekend <laughs> yeah sorry i was just uh i was just getting off the ben rama bullet there okay let's let's okay okay Podcast. i told you you're allowed to show off if you know how to say his name and and ben over breakfast over breakfast i taught you how to say it benny so no it's ben rahma ben and Rah- it's such a beautiful name because ben rahma <laughs> means the son of, a, of roll, the blessed i can't roll i can't roll <laughs> At, at least get the, at least get the H. It's not A. It's a H. Rahma. I don't uh, want another. We don't want another Doherty situation. No, no. Please, no deserves, Doherty. He deserves his name to be said with elegance. He does deserve it. He does deserve it. What a yeah, he does. Thing this week. Mars. Yeah. Is it Ben Rahma? Is that Rahma, what you're saying? Yeah. How much fl- is there phlegm in no, that? No, no, no. Is it just phlegm, a rah- it's, it's, rah- it's, it's, it's Rahma. Uh, hey, Rahma. Like, if you say Hannah, okay. just Rahma. Huh. Okay. Rah- ben huh. Rahma. Yeah. But like rather fluid rather than like Benarama. Benarama. It, it sounds like we're saying Banra, you know, Benarama. Banana, Benarama, yeah. 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 Cool. Anyway, right back. So um, we we usually start the uh, the game week with uh, the the episode with um, the highest scores of the game weeks. And um, oh, it's me. Uh, 105 points. So I joined the 100 club and we partied together uh, at the weekend. Um, yeah, I'm not going to go into too much details. What I would say is. Probably the Twitter template or the template delivered. I had both Boone and Salah, things, uh, 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 Tony and Antonio up front, uh, Timikas and um, uh, Trent at the back. So obviously the double bubble, as I called them, from uh, West Ham. So uh, Ben Rahma and uh, Antonio also delivered. So yeah, can't complain. Uh, huge score for the first game week, but it's really about the second and the third, third one now. I believe in second place was PJ, just about. It was indeed, 97. Um, you know, as I said on Twitter publicly, it's uh, ridiculous if you're complaining about that score. But at the same time, a little bit of what might have been, particularly after my captain scored 40 points off the bat and uh, everyone was patting me on the back. And then obviously Mo chipped up and scored just three points less. So that was um, obviously a little bit bittersweet, but but happy to bask in those points nonetheless. Both Ings and Wilson kind of scored up front. Obviously, the Benny Bullet delivered. And and really, the, the only disappointment, which I'll, I'll probably touch upon more as we get into the um, kind of dissection of the kind of teams and players, were were those kind of two differentials in the middle of a park of uh, Gundogan and Barnes. But yeah, 97, d- delighted with that start. Yeah, not many differentials, but uh, uh, Bob and Rahma really, really delivered. And uh, uh, last but not least, but by no far uh, a bad score, we have Kylie. Yeah, so 95. I am third amigo this week, but uh, never sort of happier to be. I mean, coming third with 95 points, um, that's, that's not a bad situation. And, I mean, considering the horrendous, start that I had last season um, it, it really is poles apart from that so I think just psychologically I needed to get off to a, a good start so I'm, I'm happy happy with that um, look I I didn't have Ben Rahma right I can't say really? that sound no, no, that's, I feel that's, like that's I've really flourishes good. <laughs> when I do it it feels I feel a little dramatic saying it that way but anyway um, but I just did want to slide it back in there um, I didn't I didn't go with him uh, I, I did want to keep an extra million in the bank um, for all my winding up of um, PJ and 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 pushing him. You know, he was a good option. I didn't go there, and I think um, obviously I would have got over the hundred mark if I did. Um, but the key decision for me had been weighing up Mares and Tony versus Ings and Jota, um, and I did get that one right. I went with Ings and Jota, and obviously they both scored. So it creates some dilemmas for me in the next week ahead, but I'm, I'm happy with um, how it all went and, and hoping to avoid the sort of 
game week two and three of, of last season, which is where it went from bad to, you know, American horror story levels. Uh, so let's avoid that and hopefully have a good second week. There you have it, guys. Carly likes to come last. Um, so we, um, uh, we move on. Now, uh, Carly, you touched on an important point. Um, we have FBR Ron, the, uh, uh, the Ron underscore uh, manager. Do you think that there are any particular transfer targets that people should be looking at, irrespective of their game, game week one score? Or do you think people should be patient and wait unless they have injuries to their main players? The reason I bring this up is because, Carly, as you said, we, it's, it's about avoiding what happens uh, uh, what happened last year with game week two when people jumped from Son, who was not bad, and then he scored four goals. So with that, like obviously now let's put Gondwan to one to one side because we'll touch on him. What is the general advice now after scoring between 95 and over 100 to people? Uh, what are people saying? Ignoring the injury, move to someone else or hold and roll the transfer. What what do you guys think? So I, I think there's two factors here. I think. By and large, I like the idea of holding a transfer if you're in a position where you can. So ignoring injuries, right, or question marks over Gundy. But um, I think if you can hold a transfer, if you're happy with your team, then you should avoid jumping on bandwagons. There were loads of people that did really well, and one game week is just an impossible sample size to make massive judgments from. Um, that said, obviously... There's a bit of an elephant in the room in the form of the City-Norwich match. Um, we're going to talk about how City you know, performed um, a little bit later, but it's really hard to bypass a match like that if you are someone... So in my position, I don't have Manchester City. It had always been my intention to bring one in. Um, I think both of you, if I'm correct, have Maris. Um, so you've already got someone... And it's it's maybe easier to, to hold a transfer in that situation. I think if you don't have any major red flags um, and you do have City, then you hold. I think there might, there are some exceptions to that rule. As I yeah, I, I have um, uh, Gundogan, not Maritz. So um, obviously that's, that's muddies the issue for me because it looks like he's injured. Generally speaking, though, I think this is one of the more obvious holds we've we've kind of seen at the kind of start of the season. And the reason I say that is because by and large, we set up we set our teams up for the fixtures of the first kind of two or three games. And there was quite a number of teams, Man United, Liverpool, Brighton, West Ham, Villa, those five, which most of our teams are populated by, who had good runs at the start of the season. So there's no obvious reason to kind of jump off any of those players to kind of a kind of bandwagon and there isn't also there isn't really a kind of massively obvious bandwagon either because City whilst we know that they will likely give Norwich a hiding obviously didn't perform at the weekend so there isn't a player that stands out from that lineup and says oh my god he's someone I've got to get in my team the form players maybe in that kind of cheaper section um, which we'll touch upon later the likes of Jota, Greenwood, Panorama those type of ones um, but would I would I take out any of my kind of existing midfielders for then? Unless you've got Gondwan, um, like I have, I, I probably I probably wouldn't now. Um and, and ultimately just, just kind of quickly on the city game, are you really are you really going to captain anybody you bring in from Manchester City with yes. Salah and Bruno right there? So for me it's unless unless you've got an injured player, it's it's a firm hold for me if you can do it this week. I, I, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Uh, uh, with you both, both, I see, I see Kylie's point about City, but I agree 100% about what you said. It's the fact that they didn't deliver now two, two games in a row. And we said, we, we touched on it last week. We said, I, I definitely said that they, they, they could start slow because there's a lot of disruption. They didn't have a full preseason because of COVID. A lot of their star players are not back. Some are injured. We saw them against Leicester. They weren't great. We saw them against Spurs. They definitely weren't great. I thought KDB looked fantastic when he came on, but as as always. But then again, he's so expensive that it's going to take two two moves to jump to him or or selling a premium. But as you just said, premium delivered, template delivered, even most of the differentials did, and or oh, they all have good fixtures. Even the teams that even lost. So you look at Villa, Ings still delivered. So they and then they have a home game. Now they had a, they started the away game. They moved to a home game. So there's a lot. Yes, of course it's and and the reason. So I have more. Mahrez, or I'm going to say his name right, Mahrez, um, just like I did with Ben Rahma. I guess I have to do the Arabic names at least, right? The rest I can butcher. Um, 
Uh, the reason I had him is because I was toying with the idea of bringing a, a Havertz in or someone for the first game week, but then I thought I want to roll the transfer. So I'm going to have to go with it, but I, I did consider captaining him. But as PJ, you touched on it, it's, it's, I don't even know if he'll start. So it's not a risk that I'm willing to take. I'm happy to have him there and then I'll reassess in game week three. So I just wanted to touch on that because I think a lot of people are having this discussion and I thought it was a really, really good question that came in because I think a lot of people are worried about what happened last season as well. Rightly so. So, um, PJ, how did we fare against the, the top five in the Amigos League? I'll hand over to you to take us through those. Yeah, so obviously, um, you know, not, not as well, um, but still still pretty good. Um, no one is really kind of shot away, but some some impressive scores at the top. So, so the top five, we have Ger Newman with the nearly man. Then straight off the bat in at number four is Anton Rozan with a <clears throat> incredibly difficult to pronounce name. But I have looked up is Swedish and uh, reads in the original language, um, poorly pronounced as N. Leden Hivid Cannon. I looked it up and it actually is means a little white rabbit, which is, uh, you know, kind of kind of quite cute. Not not sure about the origins of that name. Do contact. <laughs> so number three is Tarek Ishmael with FPL Hero. Number two, with a score of 126, Green Eggs and Sam. Big Sam, really fought outside the box with that name. And number one, with 132, ranked in the top 150 players in the world, is Stephen Robinson with Jisung Park the Bus. Wow. Well, well done, all you. I'm a, I'm a... Your Swedish was something <laughs> to behold. Yeah, and your, your Arabic wasn't much better either. Um, did did uh, number one use any chips or just smashed it out of the park um, I don't believe there were um, uh, any. Ch- oh, no, 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 no. I tell a lie. He did use a bench boost. My word, what a bench boost as well. Leno, unless less said about that, the better. But then Wilson, Greenwood and Antonio on the bench. Um, hang on, hang on. Is there a hashtag bench boost wankery? There? Bench boost wankery. Well, I mean, he's there. picked a strong yeah. team. He's obviously going to wild card next. He does mm. have Troy Deeney in his team. So you could argue there is some bench wankery. <laughs> There is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've just noticed uh, Andros Townsend as well. In fact, yeah, let's uh, let's just let's not yeah, yeah. <laughs> moving yeah. quickly so along. This, it's time uh, of the podcast where uh, a certain member of the amigos, uh, which is me, lets uh, the angst out. And uh, God, do I need it? Oh my, oh Jesus! I mean, it was more about it's, uh, there was a lot of uh, like who's got the biggest, uh, uh, you know. Um, context uh, out there on Twitter, uh, trying to predict the players that are going to play, you know, the four mils. I mean, and then there was fantastic, brilliant. We had the guy at Saints Livermanto from from, uh, Chelsea on loan. We had Simicas. We had Amati. Uh, Fantastic. Yeah, brilliant. But before you start going on about how well you knew and that, they, give them a couple of games, two, three games. Let's see what happens. Hoover as well at, uh, at um, Wolves. You know, sometimes these guys get a game and then you never see them. Now, we, of course, well done for predicting that they're going to start. And a lot of us went with Costas, etc. Uh, and then you see the other side of it. Now, people are celebrating because Robo's back running. I mean, fantastic. That's great. But you, Costas owners mudded. I'm sorry, mate. Like, it was a 4 mil defender from one of the best teams, as people keep saying, defensively. People were looking to double up on uh, Robo and Trent. That would have been 14.5 million. You were able to do it for 11.5 and take that 3 million somewhere else and spend it across your team to bring the points. I'm personally happy, and I know that PJ was not happy because I was watching the game next to him, that I had Costas play and he had him on the bench and I was able to spread my money somewhere else. So, no, I'm not modded. And I want, as a Liverpool fan, I want Robo back as soon as possible, as much as I like Costas. And I think, you know, uh, most people who brought in Costas will have a plan to either bench him or move him on once Robo's back or for the Chelsea game. But I mean, it's, it's not a, it's not a competition on who guesses what. It's all a guess game at the beginning. Let's see what happens when they play consistently. And let's see how many of those four mils will actually be there by game week five or game week six. My, get, my guess will be if um, Williams from United goes to Nor- Norwich and maybe the Saints guy will be probably the only two left. Amati didn't do his chances any good with the way he played. Hoover will probably be replaced by Semedo. And then Costas will probably be replaced by Robo. Mars out. Thanks, Mars. Lovely stuff. <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly as always. 
Yeah, good, good. Right, so uh, now that I've, I'm, I'm a bit more chill now. Let me just, uh, you know, relax a little bit. Yeah, good. Right, so now, guys, we want to discuss um, game week one. A quick, a quick review of the game week one, but really focusing on the surprises or who, you know, who, who stood out and who let us down. But I'm not talking about the Bruno and the Mosala. We know they delivered, but more, more about players that actually surprised us, like. You know, let's start with UPJ. United, obviously being a United fan, but a lot of people were happy with Greenwood and Pogba played the game of his life. So those two obviously stood out for United. What do you think uh, of their stances? So thinking about would they, you know, are they good picks for the future? Would they continue? Were you happy with them, the movement, etc.? I think I think they're great picks. It's particularly pleasing that that game panned out in kind of exactly the way I kind of thought it would, which obviously doesn't always happen happen in football. And I'm not, not going to, you know, kind of gloat or humble brag about it, but it's just, it's just nice for that as a, as a football fan and, and any football fan who kind of favors like a kind of analytical viewpoint when you kind of look at how you think a game might happen. And it, and it, and it does, we know that FBL sometimes those fine details are kind of often lost and your players don't get in the points and stuff, but it was an open game of football. We have a bit between our teeth. I thought, you know, Bruno's running was, was absolutely fantastic. And, but yeah, you know, you know, we, we know what he's capable of, average finisher and all that. Um, Pogba is obviously not going to get four assists, um, most game weeks or, or probably ever again, but he was, he, he played, he played extremely well. And I, I think one of the things we're, we're quite lucky at in the kind of more kind of Twitter sphere side of, of FBL, where we maybe study stats a little bit more than the average casual is that, uh, Greenwood is, is being, kind of ignored kind of on the kind of transfers in in favor of kind of Pogba who's obviously already had a price range and definitely of those two I I favor Greenwood you could you could maybe argue that Pogba was is a little bit more nailed in the team but Greenwood is in the number nine position at least until the international break Cavani wasn't even deemed fit enough to play a behind closed doors match today doesn't have a single minute of pre-season behind him there's no way he's going to be starting a game until after the international break so Greenwood's a very safe pick uh, his his movement is is really really good but he he did and again you know he did he did what I what I hoped he would do as a Fernandez captainer in the number 9 position and this is important to note because a lot of people said Pogba myself included Pogba playing in that role ruins Fernandez, but with Greenwood as the nine, because he naturally kind of drifts to the right, we saw so often that Bruno is the one who kind of takes up that false nine position, and he got two of his goals doing exactly that. Both times found by well, once by Pogba and one by Lindelof with those kind of like little balls over the top, and Pogba will continue to do that. Pogba looks for those kind of passes. He looks for the star man. He's he's he, he's a really good asset to own. So um, I think both of those two are fantastic. I think if you've got Gundogan, as I have, out injured and you want a sideways move, I don't think there's anything better than than, than kind of Greenwood. Um, Pogba, if you've already done it, fine. Obviously, he's 7.6 now. Um, those two, really good. Um, Daniel James uh, is one to um, kind of talk about. Um, he was absolutely toilet. And I urge nobody to put him in their fancy football team it was a performance <laughs> that Alec Wobie would have been embarrassed by um how he came to be on a team but one five one I will I will never know he was he was he was horseshit but um yeah he tried his best to mess it up <laughs> he tried his best to mess it up didn't he <laughs> for, for for FBL assets anyway when Greenwood scored that goal and even though even though he really should have passed it to Daniel James who would have had an open goal I was screaming do not pass it to James. Shoot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, <clears throat> for me, Greenwood was absolutely outstanding in that game. His movement, everything about it. In fact, I wish I have Gondor now because to me, it's the easiest move you could make. I see a lot of people worried. Would he? He's playing so well. Like he will, like you said, Cavani's not back yet. Uh, well, back, but not fit yet. He'll probably get at least two more games. They play in Southampton and hashtag don't disrespect. They were awful at, at a team that doesn't score a lot at home. Everton, they came back. Everton still managed to come back from behind. They, and Southampton have the tendency to sometimes, when when the head goes down or if they're not playing well, to to get proper beat. And they and they've had that exactly. And they've had that from from United before. Um, um, uh, to be honest, it's probably the only one that worries me uh, not not to have. And luckily, his ownership is not that high yet, but it probably will increase a lot. 
but certainly. So actually, a quick question on, on that score, right? So you've both mentioned um, Gundo there as, as an alternative. I have, and there's probably plenty of other people out there um, who have Jota, and the view was to have Jota in and, as I said, probably move to a City player in my ballpark Gundo and Grealish were the only affordable ones um, for game week two. We've obviously got lots of questions about City and whether that's something that's worth doing as opposed to a free transfer. But I still have question marks over whether Jota will start. He's not part of my long-term plans. He never was. What's your view on people who might be considering Jota to Greenwood? Would you hold fire or would you suggest it's a good option? I think it's tough because I would... I mean, Mars will, will, will comment on you know, better than I do about whether he will start or whether Firmino would. Would I do the move? Probably not. If I had no other fires to put out, I would I would roll. I think if I already had Bruno and Shaw, I would I would probably favour Grealish. I think Grealish was the pick just from the eye test. Maybe Torres, um, but he's a much riskier pick. I think Grealish would be definitely no to Torres. I forgot Torres start. was actually playing until about I so think going to run out as well. I think Grealish is even more chance of starting. So, yeah, it's a tough yeah. one. You know, uh, Miles Firmino going to start or, or Jota again? I can see both start. You know, Burnley are one of those teams that's going to be, you know. Again. Not with the all four again. He's, no, four, 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 two, three, one with Salah <laughs> as, as, the, as, the main, as the main guy up front is, has been touted. Uh, I can see that happening. Uh, I think Firmino looked fresh, but so did Jota. Honestly, it's a gamble. I really, don't, I honestly don't know. I can see why people would want to move. I would say this, Kylie. If you had no plans in the so, one of the things that I was thinking about is to leave a transfer, uh, Son versus Watford, and then he he had another game after that. That was that was nice, etc. Yeah, that I was thinking about falling to the, to get the free transfer. So I have two two transfers for the future. If you don't have something like this, and obviously something like you know, a, a, a green one has come up. Um, the thing that the thing that makes it dif- more difficult is Jota delivered and he did well, but he still came on, just came off just on sixty. I mean, you, lucky to get those. Thank God he yeah, walked no. slow so, because that we was were, the most stressful like nine seconds we were, of my we life. We were uh, in the pub with Lynn, who captained Jota, so you can imagine we oh, see yeah. the guy take your time, yeah. take your time. Yeah, Four yeah, points. absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a tough one. I think if you don't have future plans, I can see why people are interested in it. I think over over over. Let's say four or five games. Greenwood is a better pick than Jota. Now looking at it now, and the way yeah. he played, uh, and the fact that I can see Ole is one of these guys that once the team is doing well, he doesn't change much. Quite well, similar to Klopp, really. Just stick with the guys that deliver, and then give the other guys time to, to come back. And even if Cavani comes back, I can see him moving to the right wing. And we know Greenwood loves to, to cut in, and he's one of the most talented two left two foot uh, players in, in, in the league. Um, so for me, um, I'm tempted. I'm tempted. Um, let's let's put it this way: I don't have uh, a fire to put out. But if I hear any rumblings or get any uh, inkling that Mares might be out, I could also move to to Greenwood. That's that's how much he kind of interests interests me right now. But that's just uh, me looking at uh, you know be, being just enjoying the guy when when he was playing against. But Leeds were so open, and this is what scares me. I, I can see Southampton being like that. Let's hope they've learned. And they they try and tighten up uh, for for the sake of their fans and for us who don't have um, Mason or or gonna captain Bruno. So um, we'll we'll touch more on um, well actually let's let's do it let's do it now. We have a lot of questions. Uh, EJ, I'm gonna come back to you um, from uh, Little Jason at Little Jason. Manager 97 uh, pointer with no chips and no Bruno. Is a blind luck or proof that the Twitter template is a myth that needs to be smashed into a million pieces? Bit harsh, but anyway. FPL addict at FIFA Walid. Is it okay to go with that Fernandez? I've got 90 points. He lists the players that he has. Uh, he started with Greenwood and will probably shift him uh, with Pogba. Um, again, yeah. So you see, there's so these two questions, and I've seen a lot of discussion. So it's the Bruno, the Bruno camp. Uh, Bruno with a capital N. What would you say to those people who planned to start without Bruno and got burnt by Bruno scoring a hat-trick but maybe got saved by the Salah uh, uh, performance? What's, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I think if you've got, if you've got Greenwood, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rush to kind of rip your team up off the back of one match. I would, particularly given Greenwood looks so good. I think it's a perfectly viable strategy to double up on Greenwood and Pogba. Say for the next two, 
uh, if you're going to captain Mo anyway and you're set on captaining Mo. I think it would have been different, obviously, had Mo looked poor, but but he didn't. He, you know, particularly in the second half, he was he was on fire. So you know, you're only missing out on his points, kind of you know, kind of kind of uncaptained as it were. And Greenwood and Pogba together, I, I think, are kind of you know, it can definitely cover that. So. No, I think I think the people who got really burnt are those who went for the kind of city route. I obviously saw I saw some teams who ignored Fernandez and went for like say Mares and Grealish and and got got kind of really really kind of stung by that. Um, but but most um, because obviously most of the kind of template players performed this week. So um, you know a lot went kind of Son or kind of Greenwood or Jota and, and they all got kind of like. Kind of of plenty of points anyway and so yeah their scores are in the high 80s or early 90s as opposed to the 100 so it's not really made too much of a difference I would not be ripping up your team to get Fernandes in but I just think you've got to you know you've, you've got to be kind of aware of it so I think if you could get away again if you've got Greenwood roll the transfer and see if you then see how you know see what emerges afterwards if, if Fernandes scores two or three you know kind of returns again um, which we know he's capable of, particularly away from home, which suits him more. Then he's going to be, you know, he's going to be up with Salah's price um, by the time the international break hits, and that makes him very problematic. Yeah. Just because his ownership is always going to be so high, because we know that yeah. Man United assets have incredibly high ownership. And actually, just another point, I think um, it's quite hard to judge this week, as we said, because so many players did deliver, um, so many players that were were popular so in many of those cases people who say uh didn't have bruno but still had a very good week because their combination of other other players delivered um it does sort of disguise that i mean one of the benefits with bruno i think is his consistency um he can be explosive but he's consistent as well whether those other players who delivered in this one game week are all going to be as consistent and therefore sort of mask the crap. Um, that That is a question to be answered, really. I mean, what happens next week if Bruno does do the same thing again and um, those other popular players don't deliver and it's maybe a lower-scoring week, the, the gulf, I guess, will be more pronounced. It, but it does come down to that element of, of risk when you choose not to have a premium player like that and it's really hard to know from one game week. So, you know, we just sort of have to see where it goes. But I think people should have a pathway in mind. Um, yeah. As PJ said, don't rip your team up on one game week, but have pathways for people like Bruno and Son, yeah. etc. if you don't have It's to. a fair point, Kyle. I mean, you know, West Ham have got, have got Leicester. A lot of people have got the double bubble that we mentioned. Uh, but it could be a tougher game. We don't know. Uh, but again... What I said at the beginning is a lot of the teams that delivered away from home have got a home home game now. So we could still... What, what I would say is to, to the people that started with no Bruno is you had a plan and you had it in your head and you understood why you made that decision, which was a huge decision. And you split, you spread your money. So, you know, you went... Some some of them went Son and Mahrez. Son delivered Mahrez. Did, didn't. Mahrez could, could deliver against Norwich. He might not. But you also then, you were able to get your Greenwood and maybe a Jota or maybe a, a Ben Rama, etc. Or Barnes, who did deliver in the first game, right? But you still have good players that could, as we just said, they could deliver. But also, as Kylie rightly mentioned, the consistency is something else. So I wouldn't go ripping up your teams as a, you know, minus four, minus eight for, for, for that player. I think you need to stick with your plan. However... A lot of us also, I know, that kept money in the bank for game week three to bring somebody else. If you have that money at three million and you have Amare sitting there or whatever, if you can get to a Bruno with one move, do it. Because you're going to sit there every game week basically hating 90 minutes of United playing with their star player potentially returning points. You took a gamble that did not work. If the money's there... Instead of waiting for somebody else, just go and get Bruno because he's as good as any other player you want to get in game week three, game week three, etc. That that would be my advice, but I wouldn't rip up my team either. Right, so I think that's it. Gosh, for, I'll tell you what, that's too much on United. <laughs> um, another team that caught the eye, I'm going to quickly cover them, is, is Watford, right? We didn't really know much about them. In fact, reading before... I heard that they don't score a lot of goals. So I was quite surprised that the first goal that obviously standard with people having Martinez or, or a Villa defender, it was Watford that scored first. And it was a player that nobody even knew about, Dennis the Menace. Actually, I, 
have a story about Dennis. Apparently, he was playing in the Belgium League or the Dutch League, one of the leagues. He got on a bus and somebody was sitting in his uh, chair and he told him to get up and he, the guy wouldn't. So he just left the bus and he just wouldn't get on. Just imagine doing that to Troy Deeney. Deeney will probably look at you, punch you and say, and, and then you won't be playing because you're injured. But so, Dennis, the reason I'm touching on Watford is because I think they're their prices are enabler prices and they have some really good fixtures. Dennis is at five. Kucho, he came on with his first touch. He scored Hernandez. Uh, again, five million. You've got Saar at six million if Ben Rahma's, ben Rahma's um, games get, uh, when they get tougher or if you want to move there. So they really are an enabler, especially for a striker at five. If you really, you know, if we want to then jump to a Lukaku or a Kane and you need a third, a player because the 4.5 is dead. But now the five is actually alive, you know? Okay, they're not going to get that many goals, but at least they might play regularly if you need them. They're there. So I, I was quite impressed with them. Again, defensively, not for me. Again, Bash, Bashman versus Sanchez, they both uh, they both conceded. But I was impressed with, you know, Saar and, and, and the fact that they have a five million forwards that, that stepped up and, and also scored. Um, anybody else from Watford, guys, stand out to you? Otherwise, we'll just move on to the next team that we want to cover. No, the only thing I would say with um, Saar, who's, you know, probably the key one that people are interested in is, like, I, I know we're a couple of years on now, but when he played last time Watford, uh, before Watford went down, and he was obviously a standout player in that team, and he got those two goals, I think it was, against yep. Liverpool, and we all went jumping onto him, um, and then he was never to be seen again. <laughs> so I think... He's obviously had more time now with with Watford and everything, but I think we also need to just sort of cool our jets a little bit and keep an eye on him and see if that consistency has improved. I certainly didn't watch him in the championship, so I don't know. And I also think it will be interesting to see Watford again because the feedback certainly has been that they are not a prolific team. Was it just because of the defensive frailty of a Villa in that match. Target was obviously hauled off. It will be interesting to see. But certainly enablers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, particularly if they can even get our goal again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I should have mentioned this at the beginning. I'm not talking about jumping onto them next game week. Like you said, watch and see. They have some good fixtures and potentially enablers if you wildcard or if you want to bring in those big hitters later on. Uh, once they settle into the game, but absolutely uh, not not straight away. Um, right, so so the next one is not a team that impressed. Actually, they did not impress us at all. Arsenal, or did not surprise us. But for me, a couple of players stood out in that game and really did not deserve to be on the losing end. So uh, Smith Rowe and and Tini, Kylie, t- tell us what you think about about those guys. Oh well, okay. Firstly, uh, Arsenal. So just in general, they were very impressively top for attempts overall with 22. Sounds wonderful, um, but in fact, only four of those were on target, which put them at about mid-table. And can you guess how many big chances they had in total? It was a big fat zero. So that's pretty damning stats. What for about Pepe? Arsenal. Really? Yeah, Pepe and, and, and Smith Rowe. He did that run in the middle, took a I couple know, on, and the keeper did a good save. Not class. Wow. Not class yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Not me, Opta, obviously. Um, not me. I mean, I have Smith Rowe, so, you know, I, I'm questioning it too, but these are the these are the stats as listed. Yeah, I mean, I, they were the two bright lights, um, Tierney and Smith Rowe. Smith Rowe's only 5.5. He's uh, number 10. You know, I believe he signed a contract and everything, and he played really confidently, really well. He was at the centre of everything. He was pulling the strings. I guess one kind of key thing to point out is obviously there was the admission of uh, both Aubameyang and Lacazette. Neither are particularly reliable uh, last season, I guess, but not having one of those experienced strikers up front doesn't necessarily help when you're talking about trying to convert these opportunities. But he looked really, really good. And the other person that looked really impressive as well, who does this quite often, um, is Tierney. So from an attacking perspective, He's such an exciting player to watch when he's fit, but that's a, a massive question mark because he is so often injured. He was the furthest, one of the furthest uh, forward. He created six chances, put in 11 crosses, had three attempts. One of them was on target. Uh, two of them were in the box. So he was very active. And in fact, from whatever way the camera angle was uh, for one of those attempts, um, where it obviously went behind and hit the netting, I absolutely thought he had scored that. 
just from the, you know how sometimes the angle can be a little bit deceiving? So I think uh, it's that question of can he stay fit? And, and obviously there's the big question of when you're looking at someone like Tierney, I think he's only five million, so he's quite cheap, but it's just Arsenal's defence. You know, they actually conceded fewer attempts than, it was either the fewest or one of the fewest amounts of attempts, but they're just still quite woeful. And, and Ben White, it was not a, a great showing for him um, in his, you know, Premier League debut for Arsenal. So I think we're still saying, by and large, keep clear from Arsenal. But at those price points, now their next couple of fixtures are yeah. not good, right? Yeah. So for people who, uh, you know, there are other options if you are looking to move quickly. So it's probably not the right time to buy. But I think that we're going to see points out of both of those particularly if they continue to play that way but we do need to see Arsenal in general yeah be interested be, be interested to see Smith Rowe with with the big boys back as well and see how he plays I think yeah. they needed some uh, some more experience um PJ we move on to uh the team with the highest xg of the weekend um with with 3.78 that's uh, 0.22 apparently above the expected xg uh, you just dropped I, I XG. Did. Without Benarama, that would have been So tell us about uh, the double bubble and West Ham in general. I, I think it, it was it was such an open match, just such a com- beautiful to watch, beautiful, immediately open match, kind of end to end. And I had you know so many things kind of going on. And Wilson as well, he scored in the first couple of minutes, and I was like, well, how will that affect kind of West Ham? But it was just absolutely ding dong. And then, you know, most of our XG came in an, just kind of an insane 10 minutes when West Ham got what was clearly a ridiculously dodgy penalty and then somehow managed to miss it, but then score and then kind of had about five chances of which they scored another two in, I think it was like a seven minute window. And yeah, and, and then the game was kind of over and Newcastle just kind of lost their heads completely, I think probably based from a penalty decision in this particular period. So that's not to kind of say that kind of West Ham are are um are, are a kind of a bad pick, but um I was listening to the FPL wire pod on my way to uh, six aside football and late riser came up with a brilliant comment where he said that stats have to be taken um, you know, with a pinch of salt when you contextualize the events of the kind of football match that are being played and you know what he meant by that is that 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 seven or eight mad minutes is not going to kind of happen kind of every week um similar to what we saw at Old Trafford where um Luke Ayling much to Kylie's delight lashed in a 30-yard screamer and it clearly got so excited by it he then proceeded to make two horrific mistakes and give us two goals so these these kind of things can often kind of kind of swing on kind of stats. But of, I think, of I think course, West, of course, from West Ham's perspective, as an FPL manager, they just looked like they wanted to attack all the time, and their particularly their front three. So I'd include Bowen in that. I thought Bowen looked really lively. Antonio, he's strong. He looks fit, which we know is always a kind of worry with him. Um, and I thought Benarama was was fantastic, and he, he, people were worried at halftime. And but you know, it's, it's it's one of the reasons I love analyzing game week one is because we have to rely so much on the eye test because the data pool is so is is so small. And he did lots of runs that were not being found by teammates. Mm. This is always the stuff that never gets picked up on on XG or XGI. Um, and I was just like, God, you know, pass it to him, pass it to him. Um, and in the second half, actually, Antonio came deeper uh, and Bowen, Fornells and, and Benarama ran, ran and kind of like overlapped him. And, you know, West Ham just just tore Newcastle apart there. I, I would be concerned yeah. by West Ham's defence, definitely. But I think I think Bowen, um, Antonio and Benarama look really good budget picks, you know, for now. I was very, very, very excited and interested by the link up. And then to Antonio and uh, Benrahma really linked up really well together. Uh, and let's see, you know, there's there's still talks of Lingard coming into in, uh, West Ham, but let's see at the moment, you know, we said uh, we said last week West Ham looked one of their teams in the preseason. They had a, a full preseason with most of their players there, especially Ben Rahma, Antonio, these guys who were not away on international. Interesting, they come back, they hit the ground running in first in in the first game week. They do have a you know a tough a tough home game. Let's see what happens, but absolutely good signs so far. Um, Kylie, just quickly, we're going to round up the uh, the more like you know the the, the nice surprises with with a c- couple of uh, shout outs to people like Embuemo and San Maximilian. The guys got the fastest feet with the football. 
Tell, tell us about those guys and if there's anybody else that stood out for you, um, surprisingly. Yeah, okay. I mean, look, and I, I wouldn't say that Samatsman is surprising because he always does this, doesn't he? You know, when he's not injured, he's such a joy to watch. He's so much fun. He's very tricky. But he is very injury prone and uh, he, he's just very quite hard to own uh, from a fantasy football perspective. He created four chances, one big chance, of course. So he's absolutely central to all of the creativity and everything happening and the opportunities that come in that team because he's really hard for defenders to deal with. But he's 6.5 and I just think uh, maybe it's prior experience colouring my thoughts with him but I think there are other alternatives there I, I think even you know we're expecting Willock to arrive back in that team um, I think he's six million right so yeah, um, he, is, yeah. he obviously didn't play because he was signed late but I think that it's still going to be a hard sell on um, Maxi no matter how great a player he is when he's on song he's just one to enjoy watching I think because I don't necessarily think that he'll even be the second best Newcastle attacking pick in time because consistency is is a challenge there and you do have Wilson and you will have Willett so yeah but he's he's great fun to to watch um and good fun on Twitter as well um Mbuemo is that how we yeah, say his I name think so. I'm not entirely yeah. sure Mbuemo yeah, yeah so he he was really impressive. He's obviously out of position, which we love in in fantasy football. He was also heat map wise further uh, furthest forward of of him and, and Tony. Tony obviously played um, much deeper than him and was doing quite a lot of defensive work in in this match. But it's, it's one of those things where it's a small sample size, right? So I'm not necessarily convinced that that's going to be the case going forward. He's obviously used to playing with Mbwemo and scoring an astronomical amount of goals. So maybe against a different team, we'll, we'll see that change. It'll be quite interesting to see how that looks. Um, but yeah, in terms of Mbwemo, he, he looked, you know, ex-liveliness. <laughs> he, he was right up there and he had a couple of attempts, one chance created. So I, I'm keen to see a bit more of him. I think that he could be at 5.5, another really interesting option um, at that price point, particularly if you want to go with an alternative to the very highly owned Tony. Yeah, no, fair. Thank, thanks, Kylie. But we're going to quickly touch on the teams that let us down or, um, or surprised us. So, PJ, we'll start with you and Villa. A lot of people had high hopes of Villa's um, fixtures. Now, fantasy-wise, the striker, you know, Ings still delivered, but... Martinez and the defence didn't. What do you, what did you think of the the result, of the game, and the way they played? Yeah, obviously a, a little bit of a surprise, but um, you know Villa are one of these teams, and a, a few kind of people said it. Whereby have they had time to gel? They've obviously kind of lost Grealish. Watkins was. <laughs> I just gotta just say, just have a point. Watkins not playing after Dean Smith kind of talked up that his injury wasn't wasn't that bad it was the most obvious thing that happened in FBL this weekend. There was no way that Watkins was going to play. We've worked we've worked you out now, Smithy. We know what you're saying. Don't try and pull the wool over our eyes again. You know, I know I've got I've got history with Watkins. Let's not go there. I'm not getting I'm not getting burnt again. Anyway, where was I? Yes, Villa option. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I thought, Do, I thought should we panic? Should should they, people should people panic if they have Martinez? They look, they look I'd be panicking if I have their defenders. They had cash at centre back for for some reason. Um, they but you know Martinez was was at fault for what definitely the first goal. Oh, the Martin first goal was shocking. Yeah. Um, they they missed Douglas Luiz. I think he might be back for the next game. I think they need a settled team. They're they're one of those players. If I've got their attackers like Ings, um, uh, Vandia. You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't move them on. They've got good fixtures. Um, they look full of goals still. I think if you've got a defender, I'd uh, I'd probably question whether you can maybe bench them. I, I considered yeah. starting with Target to cover to cover Martinez, and he came off at half time. Do we know if it was an injury or if it was tactical? I, any any news on that one? I don't know. Do we, know? we don't know. I, I didn't see anything. I think that he was called off. Come on, Kylie. Sorry, my mute kept going bananas there. Um, yeah, I think he was hauled off for being okay. terrible um, and, and really struggling with <laughs> Right. to be honest. I don't think that was the only injury. Cool, talking about terrible. Uh, Kylie, tell us about City. Lots of people started, just like we did last season, where we held uh, United players, some of us, because they, they had a blank game week and they had Crystal Palace and then United absolutely got hammered by Palace. 
a lot of us started with City looking at their second and third fixtures, but they were awful. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. It, it's it's interesting because I feel like in the, in the last couple of seasons we have seen maybe slower starts from from City, not necessarily all losses, but we have seen the odd one sort of here and there, and and then they kind of gain momentum. It's a little bit concerning because of how poor they were in the in the last two matches. Right, so the Community Shield and, and then also th- this match against Spurs. They obviously didn't have KDB starting. That's that's a factor. But it just wasn't, they weren't their clinical selves. I mean, 18 attempts, four shots on target, three big chances, apparently. Um, oh, and do you know what? Actually, my biggest gripe is the fact that Mendy, aside from just being a footballer in general <laughs> and still getting a salary and trophies, which is just, ridiculous um also actually managed to con them out of a bonus point the man is like a a criminal mastermind as far as i'm concerned i'm not sure what he got his bonus point for doing exactly um but but there you have it no look spurs definitely looked the better in that match and uh, interestingly enough son has a good record you know as good a record i suppose as as anyone can have against against City and Tottenham also have a pretty decent record. Four times. Uh, record. They, beat, they beat City four out Home of six matches. Times, I, it, I thought it was three. Oh, maybe, but, yeah, maybe three, yeah. Sorry, I think it's the last three home matches that they, that Spurs have won, but possibly the uh, four of the last six overall. So they, they, and it's interesting because obviously this was Nuno and, and they've gone through a couple of managers in, in this period. I think oh, it, it's, it's really tricky. They looked really lacklustre. They looked disjointed. They didn't, have that smoothness and that they weren't intimidating or anything like that. But they have, you know, they had De Bruyne missing, they had Grealish in. You're expecting an element of sort of starting, uh, of of kind of getting people to gel back together. But it is a bit concerning when people did start with them and then people have been eyeballing buying them for next week because it's Norwich. I think if it was any other team, even either of the other promoted teams, maybe people would sort of be like, yeah, no, I actually don't want to jump in just yet because I want to give them another match or two. But it is Norwich. They're pretty awful historically and... I mean, I know they managed to hold it together relatively well in the first half against Liverpool, but then they just seemed to kind of... Well, they also had a disrupted um, uh, pre-season with COVID. So, Kylie and and Pija, whilst Kylie, absolutely agree with you. We had a lot of questions about this, yeah? I just have... There's just one thing I have to say, my my favourite thing, because you know how Pep is really forthcoming in all of his interviews and provides us with absolutely insightful statements that we can use to inform our opinions about our (laughs) transfers. What he... He said a few things about Grealish, um, the most important of which is that he has personality. So bear in mind, uh, and bear that in mind, and thank you, Pep, for um, being hugely right. again. That probably means that Grealish never plays for the team again, despite costing 100 million. Right, so a few of us, obviously, as I mentioned, have, have their players. So nuclear atoms, uh, particle underscore impact. Do we, do we even need to bring in a Man City asset when they are having issues in their overall game ever since the Community Shield? Uh, Jonathan uh, Strack is saying, I've got Gondo and Greenwood. Should I get Son and a 6 million player? I would not move Greenwood on, but let's, we'll touch on Gondo. FBL poet at Anfield at Romero uh, underscore Indulvo. He, he enjoyed that man, of course, so did I. But he's saying, Man City double up plan, falling apart with Gondo shoulder injury. Should I pick another seven and a half non-City for Gondo or Mane out Mares in as planned? Uh, FPL asset, should I keep the faith with Mares after an underperformance? He has a great fixture, but City looked all at sea. Original plan was to move to Son in game week three which is also my plan. So, PJ, Kylie just told us about City. And, you know, at one stage, I saw Grealish playing right next to Sterling, then right next to Mahrez. It's like he didn't know where to play. What What do you think? Uh, should we move? Should we stick with the plan? Should we sell Mahrez? Or should we wait until game week three? Yeah, I think I think generally, as, as I kind of said at the beginning of the pod, my view is 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 you stick with with Gondouan being the being the exception. Um, I I wouldn't um, I wouldn't sell Grealish. I wouldn't sell Mares. I probably I probably wouldn't buy either. Um, if you don't have kind of Greenwood, who I think is the better the better asset of, of all of those to kind of own this week because we know he'll start and he's starting against a, a side who who looked to be in a lot of trouble at the moment in in Southampton. So I I, I you know I, I wouldn't do that. But, 
the Gundawan one, it, it's really frustrating for me because um, it was the one nod I put in my entire team to game week two. Um, everything else was really picked. It was like, look, we're never going to play game week one. I don't like booking in transfers. And so what I did, it was like, I want a City player for that Norwich game. So I'm going to put Gundogan in because I think he has the best chance of starting both those matches. And then what happens, he gets injured. And it was almost a reminder to myself of like, this is why you don't, you know, you don't try and book in stuff or you don't try and plan so far down the line because anything can happen. So the only thing I'd say is we're not clear whether he's definitely out yet. Um, it looks like a shoulder injury certainly isn't serious. Um, Pep likes him. Um, KDB is obviously not at full fitness yet, so he, he might still make it. He's not due to rise. There's no midweek games. There's no urgency to make the transfer. You could probably, uh, you know, probably check the price rises or, or, or on Fantasy Football Fix, but you could probably get away with keeping him till the press conference and see if Guardiola gives us any light. If he is definitely out, then I think I would I would rather move to to green with another city player but other than that i think i think just hold you know you're not going to captain them unless someone's out there doing some sort of mad cap bruno to kdb and captain them move in which case fair play you got bigger balls than i have but by and large yeah i think yeah just, just agree what you got agree. Um, unless unless i hear that maris is not playing because he's got you know hopefully not no i don't want to wish injury on players but unless he's injured or we know pep suddenly comes out and says uh, Riyad is not playing this game week not not Jackson I'm not going to believe anything he says since that Aguero thing but if Pep comes out and says it then I would say otherwise I'm I'm holding and moving forward right guys I think that was a really really good discussion on players that you know surprised us or deliver, over delivered on some who underperformed you know their XG if, if you believe in that uh, let's we have a lot of so we, we, we obviously put some of the questions because we thought they were relevant but we also have some other questions that we can uh, quickly go through so quick quick answers uh, and then uh, we'll, we'll wrap up. So uh, FPL disorder at FPL underscore disorder. Will Sancho start game week two? PJ, yes or no? Yeah. Yeah, yes, I believe he will. Uh, I think the only change in the Man United team will be Daniel James out and Jadon Sancho in. Cool. Uh, Benny Blanco at Benny underscore Blanco. Can you ask him, uh, uh, Phil, if he's happy, I recommended Ben Rahma to him. He's gained at least three followers banging on about him on Twitter and he told me he didn't even know who he was before I mentioned him. So there's a lot of accusations coming and Kylie and I completely agree that there was Ben Rahma was mentioned before in, in one of our groups. I mentioned him on the pod last week. You have 30 seconds to defend your, uh, your reputation. My reputation doesn't need defend. The people of Twitter have spoken. Benny Bullet has delivered. I didn't have to, you know, reveal who my train was this year in advance. I kept my card close to test. <coughs> I deliberately fired out some false signals. It was so hard until the COVID. To wasn't give, it? To, I deliberately <laughs> said people in order to protect the real weapon in my armory, which was Ben Rummer. And, you know, it's just it's just great. That so many people are on this train from the community. Cool, 30 what, seconds over. What's particularly. No, no, just, <laughs> Justice for yeah. Dave. Fuck off, Benny. <laughs> Kylie, uh, Akshay, yeah. Akshay Ikundi. Is Sun essential now that he's playing up top and taking all set pieces? In, in his opinion, he is. I mean, we knew he would play up, up top. I guess, you know, is Sun essential? I mean, Sun is a great player. Would you do anything to move to him now? Would you wait to see if Kane is sold? Would you still go for him if Kane stays? Um, okay, so um, I hate the word yeah. essential because obviously there could theoretically be so many essential players, certainly premium players. And, you know, with Lukaku and then question mark over Kane, there's just going to be, we, we cannot afford all of them, right? So you're going to have to pick and choose anyway. Do I think Son is one of the best premium options? Yes, absolutely. I love Son. I love owning Son. And um, you've alluded to it, Mars, and as standard, thinking the same. Um, this is my main reason for weighing up whether I would even move Jota in the first place is that all along my plan, either for free or for a hit, is to bring Son in for game week three. So I have that pathway mapped out yeah. already in terms of how I will do that. If I don't make a transfer this week, then it would be for free. If I do, then it would be for a hit. I think a lot of people are in the same boat. Those who don't own uh, are eyeballing him because he is 
slightly more accessible than some of those other projects. And he's just so reliable. At 10 so million. He is, and he's he's the focal point for that attack. Yes, we have questions over the Kane situation, but I'm still confident enough in Son in the fact that he's going to want to yeah. deliver, that he's going to want to kind of hold the mantle. And frankly, Son stands up in big games. I know that we're talking about bringing him in for some of those seemingly yeah. easier ones, but... He has been such a consistent yeah. performer for so he's, many he's years. He scored against United, Liverpool, City. You, you're right. You're right. Right. Yeah. Uh, cool. So I think the the love for Son is there. FBL Viking and FBL Viking. How does it feel to be the all seeing, all knowing, styling, profiling, limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling, and dealing son of a gun? The bloody oracle of FBL, man of the people, diamond uh, forever, and so is Mars. Thank you. I, I really love it. Sorry. I, I think it says so is in the monkey. Uh, Phil, how do you feel? Paddy, you Really? You I read that out? Because, you know, we, we, we bully him enough, Kylie, and I, I, we, I don't condone we, we, We've been here before, you know, Paddy. It's one good week. Yeah, head out your ass, mate. You know, you start <laughs> last season and you drop like a fucking stone. <laughs> Let's see you do it again next week, buddy. I think he was actually recommending... Uh, he was actually saying you were really good, no? Anyway. Oh, in fact, Paddy, I love you. You've always been one of my fans. <laughs> he was. That's yeah, I that's why it was you know, funny. I really support all your decisions and what a great start he had a cracking week yeah he did I mean who who else picks Pogba but, but Paddy FPL underscore teacher and FPL underscore senate what is the best way to enjoy FPL while following football and interacting with the community how do you avoid being in an echo chamber I we touched on this before I think you have to your own decisions pick your own team before going in really select who you follow and for me have a group of people that you can have a conversation with laughing not just talking about FPL that's that's what I did. That's what I still do. I try and avoid big discussions. Most people will tell you to pick players that they're going to pick because they don't want you to pick other players in case they deliver. It, it's, it's just a, a, a human nature thing. So I think, you know, and, and for me also, just try and enjoy football. Look, I'm a, I'm a Liverpool fan, but I was watching the United game. I was like, wow, you know, fair play to them. They were absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So let, let's let's not forget that. And I think I think another thing is like, I know people love doing the whole rate my team thing on Twitter, right? And to each your own. But when you go down that path, you're inviting people to try and get you to change your team so that it mimics them because of that sort of confirmation bias thing, right? Like, I think my team is the best way that I could spend $100 We all think that, obviously, um, because we all have the same parameters. So when you're doing that, you're going to get that kind of reinforcement from people, good or bad, and it can definitely influence your decision making. And we've all experienced it, particularly when we first started out on Twitter or, you know, podcasting or whatever. It it can be tricky to filter that out, but you need to maybe try to do that, take in information, but make your decisions yourself and increase your wine consumption. That combo works. <laughs> uh, PJ, anything to add? No, just to echo, echo your two comments. I think I think cool. it's 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 definitely just enjoy interacting with people and and surround yourself with those with those kind of accounts and interact with those accounts that that you, that you like. If, if you talk about FDL all day long on FPL Twitter, um, it is going to get boring and you're going to end up just making decisions in the herd constantly. So I think it's important to break that up, particularly on the kind of like Monday to Thursday kind of periods where obviously there aren't some sort of games on. And let's just remember to yeah be kind to each other and have a laugh. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy the Claret at Claret FPL. Now, it's important to mention that he is a Burnley fan. Um, Salah to City mid for a one-week punt. No, we move. Um Caden Case at KC485. Do we now tilt our weekly teams toward players that are playing at home? Danke. I mean, we don't have weekly teams, but I, I think the fans, we haven't touched on it, but obviously returning on the fans. First, fantastic, beautiful to hear fans back. I think fans have had an effect and there's some players who play for the fans. I don't, I don't particularly think home or away. I mean, Liverpool delivered away from home. I think just having fans will impact certain players. No, there was definitely a strong... I mean, I think the gulf in quality between Liverpool and Norwich mm. accounts for mm. that. But certainly with uh, the majority of matches were won by the home team. And also, I think some of those matches where the teams are maybe kind of line ball in terms of quality and, and could be won either way, those ones certainly seem to go to the home side. And it's maybe not surprising because of the fact that it's so fresh to have capacity stadiums there whether we'll see that over the course of the season to be determined. It's still very new and exciting for everyone to 
be able to be there and for that the crowd to spur people on. Yeah, yeah. Need, I think we need more data on it, but but kind yes. of agree it's going to have an effect. But to what direction? Not fully sure yet. Yeah, I see. What, absolutely agree with what Carly's saying. Where there's a gulf, I don't think uh, the home or away. When it's close, yes, there is, and you could see that there is the 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 results so far. Like you said, we need more data, but so far uh, uh, leaning towards that. Jonathan Strike at J Strike. What was uh, J Strike one? What was Veltman game week injury, or has he lost his place for Brighton? No, it was COVID, so we didn't find that until late. But uh, I don't know if he will, if he's back. Just just uh, monitor Twitter or Ben. Uh, I think he was isolating. Uh, the dude Morpheus at uh, the dude Morpheus. Will Jack Grealish be affected by the excessive sex parties in the city camp, and does this make him a more or less effective FPL asset? And Jimmy Claret, as a follow-up question, will Grealish's performance be improved now? He can talk, take the Metrolink to training, and does not have to allegedly drink drive there. Now we don't condone drink driving, and Jack paid for his for that. But do uh, uh, Jack Grealish uh, watch and see, or were you impressed with what you saw so far? Uh, just any addition to what we already discussed? Great personality. <laughs> Great hair. <laughs> I actually, yeah. I, I thought he was one of the better players, but I just could not see where he was playing. He was he, right. His left positioning was, was all over the place, and yeah. you know, I tweeted about it in my team of the week. But I don't, I don't, I physically don't understand why Sterling and Grealish were spending most of a match playing together. I can't believe that will happen again. I think Guardiola got it wrong with his with his tactics, um, and it, we know that Pep does often overcomplicate him in bigger games, and he doesn't yes. have greatest record in big matches for a guy who's won as much as he has mm. he regularly loses big kind of matches. Things. What, yeah, what, he does. what he's good at and what we will see this weekend city will beat norwich four or five nil they just will. we have no idea who will score for them but they will <laughs> ruthless against the lesser teams absolutely yeah. ruthless so you know and i'm sure Grealish will will probably be involved in that so yeah uh, FPL Dan M at Dan M underscore FPL. What three Premier League managers would you choose to spend an evening in the pub with and why? Great question. So we'll choose one each. I'm going to go with Klopp, not just because he's a Liverpool fan, but I just love the guy. I love what he stands for. I love the, the, his infectious energy. Uh, and and that's why I would I would choose him. Kylie, who would you choose? My choice would have been Klopp too. I love Klopp. Yeah. Anybody else? How many managers can you name, Kylie? <laughs> uh, <laughs> plenty of managers, thank you very much. But I don't, I don't think any of them are as compelling as oh, oh. Klopp. I don't know. He just has Pep would be fun, maybe because he, if he goes into kind of erratic yeah. mode, you know, where he looks strung out on, or maybe Bielsa if we had a drink yeah. Sh- Sh- Sean Dyche would be would be a laugh down the pub, I would imagine. Uh, PJ, what about you? That's true. Are they allowed to be alive? Are they allowed to be alive? Are they allowed to be dead? I Pem- assume Pem- they're Pem- Oh, are they current? Oh, okay then. Um, well, in that case, given I don't really like many of them, I'm going to say the new uh, the new Brentford manager who I'd not even heard of before. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but he came across like an absolute baller. Yeah, so I'll have, I'll have Thomas Frank there. <laughs> right, great question. I'm glad you didn't say Ole because I'd call you out as a liar because he comes. I'm, I'm sorry, as much as I like him as a player, he comes across so boring. I would not want to spend an evening with him in the pub. Uh, Randy Shafter will end with uh, with this brilliant um, question: uh, How does one recover from the crushing disappointment and crippling shame of losing their opening head-to-head league match to a complete hopeless bastard of an opponent, despite seemingly having it in the bag after the differential captain scored a hat trick? I. <laughs> <laughs> One doesn't. I merely, I merely fart in his general direction and tip my hat to his superior, <laughs> superior ability. Well done, Randy. <laughs> Brilliant. <point. laughs> Right. Uh, well, that concludes the questions. Thank you all for, the, for, for those great questions. Uh, FBL Max at FBL Max says, I guess the big one is who to give the armband to. Salah or Fernandez. Uh, another and what to do with Veltman well Veltman we just talked about him now the reason I asked this question is because we're going to move on to transfers and captains so guys it looks like um, we touched a lot on Gundogan so we don't, we don't want to go there it sounds like if, if you have Gundogan and he's injured you're going to monitor and you have a plan in mind maybe uh, PJ tell us who do you think you'll go if Gondo's injured and who's your captain um, well I only have two routes if he's injured I'm going to go either Greenwood in a straight straight for straight swap or I'm going to come all the way down to um, Mumbemua, who I thought impressed me. Not sure if that's the correct pronunciation, with the uh, with the Brentford guy and and bank. I believe I don't. I kind of. If I was getting into Kinder Bueno character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just call him Kinder Bueno. That's probably closer <laughs> than yeah. where you started. Uh, okay, right. I'm not buying it now. So, <laughs> so um, Greenwood. <laughs> Um, is is yeah, my only option, uh, Captain? I I will be sticking um, with with Fernandez just b- 
because I, I you know, I, I, I kind of want to, I, I want to enjoy the kind of Southampton game with, with Bruno. I think he looked really, really dangerous. And, and ultimately, I just think, I think it's a 50-50 call. I personally think the Saints fixture is a better one for Manchester United's attack than the um, than the Liverpool one. I think the Liverpool-Burnley results have also been skewed recently, but I swear like Pope seems to get injured before those matches. Same with Manchester City. A bloody poor Peacock Farrell or someone gets rolled out against City or Liverpool near constantly. <laughs> I, think, I think with Nick Pope back and the full-strength Burnley team, I, I, I don't think you'll roll Burnley over. I think you'll win, but I can't see that being, being three or four nil, personally. So that's why I'm going for Fernandes. Cool. Kylie, what about you? Um, actually, like PJ, I'm I'm veering towards Bruno on this one, um, and it really is down to fixture on paper. I just lack the look of Southampton versus Burnley. I think they're both great options. I think it's always impossible to, to split, but uh, owning the two, I, I just think that Southampton is so leaky, and if you get two goals by them, we've seen it countless times, they will just collapse. Sorry, Lucy. But yes, I'm pretty sure Lucy would agree with me on that statement. It's great actually. working with Lucy Hine at the moment when Southampton <laughs> are confirmed. Really, not awkward at all. Any transfers, uh, So it, it, it's still the debate that I'd mentioned earlier. Um, if I make a transfer, it would be uh, Jota. Um, and I guess, it would be maybe to a city player if I feel closer to that I, I, I absolutely have to have one, which is, is very debatable. Um, it's not, you know, I kind of made that plan before city played. Um, if, if I leave it, then I will be holding a transfer um, really in my drive to get Son the following week. So that one will go close to. I'll see what the news out of if, if any of it is reliable, out of the uh, city camp and decide closer to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, it's, um, you know, it's, uh, probably going to roll the transfer most likely because we're not going to hear anything and I, I picked Mahrez for, Mahrez for a reason. Uh, the captaincy, uh, you know you know me, guys. I, I, I hate it when I'm, when I'm indecisive. Um, I think if I take the Liverpool fan away from it, I probably would go with, with Bruno because of what you guys said. I'm not going to repeat it. I think the fixture, the opponents, etc. Hashtag no disrespect. Um, and we we haven't touched really on, on the, the, the early kickoff. Although I remember Salah smashing Bournemouth uh, hat trick uh, in the early kickoff. Obviously, fans will be back. It's, I think I'm gonna I'm just gonna sleep on it for now and and, and make a uh, make a last minute decision, which I hate. I usually pick my captain straight away. So last week it was Salah from the beginning. I, I'm definitely interested. The footballing side of my brain is saying Bruno is the right option. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Can I can I just say quickly, just to finish, on the early on the early kickoff because a few people have mentioned that as like, oh, you know, rolled out stats of the early kickoff. But actually, what, for me, the early kickoff is much more of a kind of psychological than a kind of stats based. Um, one of the reasons why I don't like it in the early kickoff is for the simple fact that if if Salah then blank, I'm like, yeah, well, the yeah, weekend's ruined. Whereas even if he scores a hat trick, I'm like, well, Bruno still can, and I still mm. own him. So it's like it's not <clears> the world kind of thing. So. And and you know I'm sure I'm sure Raptor um you know would be would would have something to kind of say about how you have to kind of you know obviously not think like that but when it's such a fifty fifty call as I think it is just a simple fact that it's the later kickoff definitely does I think kind of weed into kind of people's psychology so um I just yeah, want to agree no 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 and actually Mars can I just can I just to go back to your previous comment the most scathing thing said yet about Southampton is that you just hashtag no disrespected them like they're vintage Huddersfield. That has to be a whole new low for poor Southampton. It's a while uh, since one of those. It is, and out. I really like Southampton, but just, uh, yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Well, that's all we have time for uh, for this episode. I've been Mars at Mars05, joined by Kylie at Kylie FBL and PJ at Hindu Monkey. You can follow us on our account at Free Amigos FBL. Please like, subscribe, or whatever it is that you need to do on Apple. That's the only way that we ask you to contribute towards this pod. And yeah, good luck next game week. Adios, amigos. Brave amigos are we?